0: Welcome to a very late and very tired, unfortunately required reading. Hi. (laughs) We're uh, both hosts are going through it. Tori, would you like to uh, tell the audience at home the 24 hours that you've had?
1: Okay. So a little groundwork. Started taking a new medication two weeks ago.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Has utterly wrecked my quality of life, but Mm -hmm. starting to feel better, thinking things are just around the corner, it's going to be okay, I've got a Vegas Mm -hmm. trip coming up, going to be great. Mm -hmm. Last night, the first time in two weeks, I felt decent. I'm like, yes, I've been hired all week, but I'm like, you know what, I went and I got a pedicure and manicure and I felt fabulous. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing dishes, doing laundry, and I look over at Sweet Baby River Cat, who mm-hmm. everybody knows and loves from this podcast. We do. And the right side of her jaw is all swollen. And mm-hmm. at first I'm like, maybe she just has like her fur all pushed up. Mm-hmm. No, no, that would, that would be too fucking easy. So I pick her up, touch the side of her face, and she freaks out. And I'm like, oh, God. And it feels kind of squishy, kind of hard, kind of nasty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, dear God, no, please don't be cancer. Now, keep in mind, she was totally fine
0: mm-hmm. in the morning
1: sitting on my desk. No issues. Just kind of hang out with me while I work. She does mm-hmm. all the time. So I panic. And we try to go to an emergency vet. And the emergency vet, we get there. We're parked out front. She goes, hang on a second. Gets back on the line says, oh, we can't see you guys. It's 11 o'clock on a Friday night there's like one person in their waiting room. She's like, yeah, well, we can't do anything that involves anesthesia. Mm -hmm. Nobody said anything had to do with anesthesia, but we just exhausted. Finally go home. And Mm -hmm. Mark and I scan everything we can on the internet just to make sure that, you know, this isn't super life threatening that she's going to be okay. And she's eating and she's fine. And she's just chilling with us. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, my cat is going to die. Like panicking. So, after calling like something like 20 places this morning between Mark and I, mm-hmm. we finally get one on the line that says, yeah, you can bring her in at an 30, which mm-hmm. Amanda and I recorded noon. Yes, so we do. Amanda <laughs> is gracious enough to be like, no, that sweet baby cat, go and do what you need to do. And <laughs> we proceed to sit in the waiting room and everybody at the the. Center is absolutely lovely. If you're in Texas, they're over on Fredericksburg. It's just called the, or like a ma- animal emergency room, and they actually, I found that Humane Society um does a lot of drop-offs there for like, mm-hmm. hey, can you help this animal before we foster it? And a lot of fosters go yeah. there for, first.
0: Oh, not to triangulate, that's not super far from where I live. Can confirm they're amazing from the people that I know that live here that have that. They're not yet a sponsor. Great.
1: And they're just, they're wonderful human beings. And I love the guy. I, I take River out and keep him on. We've, we've got a carrier for her, but it is an old dog carrier. Mm-hmm. Because when she was adopted, um, or when I adopted her, my good friend Mary was like the one who, who said it. She goes, listen, we don't need this carrier anymore. You need to take her home. Go for it. So this thing dwarfs the size of my cat. It is massive. And River is not very large. So I'm like, I'm just going to hold her on the way there, because if I put her in this kennel, she's gonna meow and howl the whole time. Mm -hmm. So I've got her in my arms and she's fine. We get out of the car, eventually the guy comes up to to see her. Cause a lot of vet hospitals, I don't know if you guys have had this experience since COVID um, will now like have you come to the door or call them and then they'll have you fill up paperwork outside and then they will come and get you or they will call you and Mm -hmm. tell you to bring your aunt. And a lot of that's just to keep people from congregating in, in large amounts in waiting rooms. And we get in, and the guy looks at me, and he looks at the cat, and he goes, "She, she a friendly girl? And I'm like, she's very friendly, but she's not in a good mood right now. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay. And just very, very sweet about her, gets her in the back. They come mm-hmm. out to tell me how much it's going to be, and bless these people. It was the cheapest vet visit I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, she is such a good girl. She's so mm-hmm. sweet. And I'm like, she is very sweet. And they're like, we're going to have to cut open the side of her cheek, though, because we did we shaved down that area. And it looks like there were some some areas that are infected because it looks mm-hmm. like she got into a fight. And the only other animal in my house that would have caused that is Nemo. So Nemo yeah. is now on shit list because he caused his sister to have an abscess. Um, so they gave her a long term shot of antibiotics it should last about 10 to 14 days. I do have to take her in to they said go to your regular vet. Just for her updated shots and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's okay. She's good. Unfortunately, they do have to leave the thing open. So she was Mm -hmm. less thrilled with them after they cut open the side of her face. Yeah, Um, I mean, I (laughs) would do. She's going to be unthrilled with me for the next two days as I put, like, warm compresses on her Mm -hmm. Um, for about 15 to 20 minutes to make sure everything drains Mm -hmm. but you know what my cat is alive and she's Mm -hmm. okay and it's not Mm -hmm. cat cancer Mm -hmm. and after the last two weeks that i've had let's be real it's been longer than that but that's just what i'm counting at That's i needed that i needed her to be okay so and
0: for for the record i'm over here not panicking because i watch a lot of Like, obscure content, one of them being, like, veterinary shows. Um, This scared the fuck out of Amber, because we were tubing, and we were, like, we were just, like, out in, like, downtown fucking New Braunfels, and we saw a deer, and I was like, oh, that's a mule deer. And she's like, how the fuck do you know what a mule deer is? And it's like, oh, I've watched, like, 30 hours of, like, that Texas ranger law enforcement show, but about, like, wildlife. So I know all about like hunting regulation and deer and stuff like that. And Amber just looks at me like, why are you like this? So like me who's watched a ton of like weird, obscure vet shows, I'm like, that's probably an abscess because cat bites are terrible, but I'm not saying anything because that's not my place. Um, I've been on TikTok a lot where there's been uh, the uh, the literal, and I don't say this to be a shit lord, autistic screeching from the good doctor. Uh, (laughs) Where it's just, oh, I'm a surgeon. Uh I try not to do that to people because I don't have autism. I'm just an asshole. So I'm trying to like that is from a doctor, Victoria. Because my aunt's
1: got okay, me. Toxic. I'm gonna be honest. I have never seen an episode of The Good Doctor. I didn't even know it was a TV show until recently. You're-
0: You're literally not missing anything. It's like, they think that they're trying to do house, but it's the worst. They think they're trying to do like sensitive house. It's terrible. Um, But I got tested for autism when I was a teenager and the doctor's like, your niece is not autistic. She's a jerk. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like, I'm trying to be chill, but also like, I take a lot of antidepressants and shit. So like, I just don't, and I have complete vagal nerve collapse. Nothing scares me anymore nothing shocks me so i'm trying to be like supportive to my friend while also being like i have no
1: feelings (laughs) and i'm laughing because my husband is sitting right next to me and he according to a doctor is on the spectrum and he's like why are you worried about it it's gonna be what it's gonna be and i'm like looking at him he's like it's gonna be fine i wouldn't be saying that otherwise he goes you and i both know that when river finally dies i'm gonna lose it and I'm right. like, I know, cause River, that's his human. Mm-hmm. That's or River, or he's her human. She gravitates to him like, it, it's sickening. Unless it's sickening I'm how there. much she loves my husband. Like they have a routine at night when they take shower or when he takes a shower and the cattle come yeah. and like cuddle him. And, um, and th- she's been like getting up and sleeping on him since we got home. Like, yes, I am home. And she's, she's leaking. Okay, she's leaking for lack of a better term. And he's like, um, and I'm like, that's yours. Meanwhile, Nemo has come in and he's laying down on the pillow behind me, like, please, mama, please don't hate me. I, I did nothing wrong. I was just playing. Just playing with my sister.
0: This is a whole like John Binet scenario where like the kid plays too rough with his sister and then she's dead in the basement. Uh, we're not talking about the book because yeah, I solved the John Binet case. We all know what happened.
1: Oh, did you see that they may have figured out who the Zodiac Killer is? Yes. Yes, 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 yes.
0: We're not talking about the book because it's five o'clock and it's Animal Farm. We're reading Animal Farm because uh, we're going back to our roots of required reading. People have to read Animal Farm. I don't know why.
1: My I, daughter
0: I, just read this in
1: school and she's like, why? I- am like, you're currently living it. Well, <clears throat> I don't want to talk about it.
0: Um, I went to Target and I thought that it was a pack of uh, buy socks because, you know, it's rainbow capitalism season. Uh, So I Mm -hmm. thought it was like a three pack of buy socks. It was three individual pairs of buy socks. But I bought buy socks. Uh, Rainbow capitalism is going to kill us all. But I. Uh, know that if I was allowed to express my gender and sexual orientation when I was a teenager I would be president of the world like I would be so fucking self-actualized and so secure if I could go to Target and like buy stuff with my flag on and then like the flip side my aunts not be upset about that because for as much yeah. as my aunts love to talk now about how they knew like, every parent in hindsight knows they had a gay baby. So, like, <laughs> if oh, my, my mom,
1: mom says that I'm not bisexual and that I never have been and that I was just trying to be trendy and I'm, like, going, you know, that that didn't point- go away even though I married a dude, right?
0: I'm going to point your mom in all of the early episodes of the show where we're just, like, a married lesbian power couple. um, <laughs> But, like, I mean, one, that rainbow capitalism existed then and then two the flip side being my aunts would have accepted it because as much as they love to talk about being allies now in 2004 they were not um they can't hear me because they're actually on a cruise so ha huh. but uh we're, we're also talking about in America. the year of
1: our Lord 2023 where multiple states including the ones we're living in keep making laws to try and ruin the lives of the LGBT community. I don't want to talk
0: about it. Hank Green was diagnosed with lymphoma. Everything is on fire. Um, I have some questions about the ethics of making your cancer diagnosis content. But that's not my cancer diagnosis
1: and it's none of my
0: fucking business.
1: And I think it's the way he knows how to deal with the world. Yeah,
0: I mean... Like, that's why it's questions. Hank, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's question. I have a question about it. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. When it's you messaged kind of me my yesterday
1: and you were like, Hank just released a video that he has cancer. I thought you meant John. And I went to John's page and I couldn't find anything. I just I saw know, that he was really upset about something. And I'm like, what's going on? And then the Hank video dropped. And I was like, son of a bitch. You <laughs> take my Pelican boy from me
0: uh so i know you're not gonna ever hear this hank but we of course both stand with you and we support you and uh i've been a nerd fighter for like 15 years so please don't die um you want to talk about the book now because it's been 12 minutes
1: I mean, I don't want to, but I will. So just so you guys know, I've entitled this episode A Book So Bad I Refused to Reread It on Principle. And by that, I'm being 100% honest with you. I hated this book so much in junior high that I reread the synopsis and watched a bunch of videos and flat out refused to reread this book because literally he just changed the names and made freaking fan fiction of the Russian Revolution to try and point some shit out. Yeah, it's a
0: lot. Uh, We're eating and drinking whatever the hell we want because we are at home. Um, I have a tall boy of Sprite.
1: Due to my medical condition, I am drinking water. I hate it as much as you guys think I do. I have a tall boy of Sprite.
0: Um, Let me see. Hold on. That was good. I love the sound of cans opening, and I wonder if that's, like, an addiction thing.
1: (laughs) Like, is that a... Is that a problem? That well, a problem? I will say that a lot of so I have had to basically give up drinking, which fucking sucks. Um, yeah. Amanda and I, the, the last raw, we went on an amazing distillery tour. Thank you, Baron von Place. We You're welcome um, to celebrate our hundredth episode at Maverick, and um, it was wonderful. And the last real time that I've I've been able to drink because my body is like, oh. Alcohol. <laughs> you just bought that they- that I can't drink. hmm I'm so sad. So, fun story. Absolutely, well, It feels like fair play now. It is. They have amazing gin at Maverick Distillery. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, vodka, amazing, rum, amazing, tequila, amazing, everything. Like, it's yes. just, they care a lot. They do. Not yet a sponsor. And um, also, Mark Anthony is like my favorite person. He's that's great. neither here nor there. Our tour guide was fucking amazing, and just he's mm. gonna have a podcast, and as soon as like that actually starts, we'll let you guys know. But yeah, sure. um, at we did a tasting, and right as we get to gin, which is Amanda's favorite thing, it they is. we we were talking to the guy, and he goes, "Oh yeah, there's a secret ingredient in it." And he goes, "And I'm gonna ask you because people don't ask, do any of you have a nut allergy?" And <laughs> and oh crap okay well the secret ingredient is pecan god damn it <laughs> just like
0: so please know that no one asks me shit when i'm on tastings like that because i'm an alcoholic <laughs> i go on tastings <laughs> it's how i mask my high functioning alcoholism is i say it's a wine tasting when you have multiple bottles of wine in the night Oh, <laughs> so but no one asks me anything and it like 90 percent of the time isn't a problem and the one time someone asks it's a problem i took a little bit of the
1: gins they have another gin coming out i think that just released i think this mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. that has been distilled a l- little bit longer and amanda can drink it
0: yes but I was, very, I was very unhappy, because I did take a little sip, and it was like, this is amazing. But yeah, so we're going through it, but we're going to talk about Animal Farm, because it's also just the current day. Um, okay. Uh, Tori, do you want a short story long, or do you I, want me to uh, short yeah. story long? Got it?
1: I'll do it. Old okay, Major, think- aka Carl fucking Marx, is a prize-winning boar. He gets all the animals at at her Farm to gather in a barn and tells them he had a dream where all animals live together with no human beings to control them or oppress them. He thinks that if they work together, they can create a paradise on Earth. Where have we heard this before? Every (laughs) fucking political party. He teaches them a song called Beasts of England, which describes his plan. So there you go. Setting of the place is England, which is interesting. Um, yeah. The animals are super fucking into it. They're like, let's go. And then Old Major dies three nights after the meeting. Surprise! So, yes. idea is out in the world. They want to enact it. But the person, the brains behind it, who can help clarify and tell them when something is fucking stupid, is mm-hmm. dead. <clears throat> this ties into the fact that Lenin really, really liked the Communist Manifesto. But also way after Karl Marx had died. Moving on. Eleven people mm-hmm. attended Marx's funeral. Eleven. Think about that. Um, three younger pigs, Snowball, Napoleon, and Squealer, who will all become mm-hmm. very, very fi- figure, you'll, you'll figure out who they are, Russian-wise, mm-hmm. pretty soon here, get together and rewrite the plan. And they call their philosophy animalism.
0: Yes. The animals
1: defeat Farmer Jones, who owns the farm. Uh, not to be confused with nicholas the second which of course it is and run him off the land they rename the farm animal farm and they act like they're going to live out major's dream there's a whole cart horse named boxer he gets super into the fascism of it and he decides okay. his personal affirmation is going to be i will work harder to gain prosperity for the farm which you hear that in all of your corporate jobs don't you if you just work a little harder, we can see everybody get a raise and the profits go through the roof. Tori, we're we not talking happy. about the book. <laughs> we, talk, we have to talk about the book, Victoria. <laughs> Initial things. Things are okay at first. Snowball teaches the animals how to read. Napoleon educates young puppies on animalism. Mr. Jones comes back and is like, well, this is my farm. And the animals defeat him again in what is called the Battle of the Cowshed. Not mm-hmm. anything like an actual series of issues that happen. moving on. They take the farmer's gun as a symbol of the win and display it. Mm. Napoleon and Snowball fight over the future of the farm. And they try to get power over the other animals. Snowball comes up with a plan. He's like, we're going to build a windmill so we can make electricity. And Mm. Napoleon is really mad about it. There's a meeting to vote on the project. Snowball gives this impassioned speech. Napoleon makes a strange noise and nine attack dogs chase Snowball from the farm. Napoleon takes control and says there will be no more meetings and the pigs alone will decide the good for all animals. Napoleon changes his mind about the windmill then and has Mm. all the animals devote themselves to completing it. Like every decent employer ever, employee ever, Boxer ends up doing almost all of the fucking work. Shocking. Mm. The human farmers all talk shit and say the animals built the walls too thin. Napoleon says snowball must have sabotaged my windmill just like these new uh new uh missiles that rush has been talking about that suddenly appear to be made from things in the 80s story moving on (laughs) um he stages a great purge and gets rid of animals who are part of this fake conspiracy any animal that contests napoleon dies at the hands of his attack dogs Stalin. The maxim, Napoleon is always right, spreads. Napoleon rewrites history to make Snowball a villain, Trotsky, and he starts acting like a human. He sleeps in a bed, drinks whiskey, and trades with local farmers. All the original animalist principles forbid these activities. Squealer justifies all of Napoleon's actions with propaganda, Pravda. All the animals are cold, hungry, and overworked, and this was not what they signed up for. A neighboring farmer cheats Napoleon on a lumber deal before attacking the farm and blowing up the windmill, which has to be rebuilt at a much higher cost. There's a battle, and Boxer gets major wounds. The farmers are chased away, but Boxer falls while working on the windmill after being injured. He goes missing and Squealer's like, oh, Boxer, he died peacefully in his sleep. But really, he was sold to a glue factory so that Napoleon could have more booze money. Years pass, the pigs are like act like human beings. They wear clothes. They do all sorts of random shit. They write the seven principles of animalism on the side of the barn, but then reduce it down to one principle. All animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. Mm -hmm. Napoleon entertains a farmer at a dinner and declares his intent to ally with the humans. He calls the place Manor Farm again. So we go from Animal Farm back to Manor Farm. The common animals look in the window and can't tell who are the pigs and who are the people. So anyhow, this is what happens when you just basically take the Russian Revolution and make it into a book with animals. So fuck this entire book.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. I have never had to read this.
1: Oh, yeah, you went to a bunch of Catholic schools. <laughs> ah, 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 we don't know anything about fascism ah, or how ah, ideas ah, have been corrupted ah, for power. Come on. How would they want you to read this? Yeah, we just
0: read Flowers for Algernon and To Kill a Mockingbird three times. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, no I never...
1: Weird Jefferson, or Jefferson Livingston's Siegel book or whatever. Jonathan Livingston Siegel. That was an Jonathan. Episcopalian school.
0: I, I will fully blame
1: I, I hate Animal Harm far more than that. Animal Harm is what I'm calling it. I hate that more. Animal than I Harm, hate the, the reason part.
0: I can't watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3.
1: <laughs> I have not seen it, and I don't know that I'll be able to.
0: <laughs> Adam Warlock is very cute. Okay. I'll take your word for it. He's, he's a very cute man. Uh and you will cry a lot. I had that movie like spoiled day of on TikTok, which amazing work TikTok, like day of spoiled. I'm not an
1: overtime though.
0: I'm not a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan because I'm not a huge Chris Pratt fan, Uh, but congratulations. I think if I had seen this movie, I would have some feelings but I'm never going to see it because I hate Chris Pratt. Uh, So I never had to read this. I've absorbed a lot of this because it's made a joke of everywhere. Uh, And I'm pretty sure I've seen the animated movie or at least like parts of it. I don't remember where I saw it, but I've seen parts of the animated movie. There is an animated movie meant for children. Which, Um, so I've never had to read this. Um, And I will say, having never had to read it, um, I don't hate it as much as you do as an adult because it's just the Russian Revolution, but also so much of it feels so salient that like, I guess because I didn't have to read it as a child and like wasn't traumatized by it, I can kind of see why we make people read this. I don't know if we make them read it at the right age, though. Because I've kind of heard all over that, like, some some are, like, actual children reading this. Some are high schoolers reading this. Some are middle schoolers reading it. Uh, When did you have to read it?
1: Middle school. End of middle school. I think it was eighth grade. Yeah, so I can see why you'd hate this. Um, and the funny thing is i got the message i understood what the hell was going on and then proceeded to go into uh corporate america after the 2007 uh recession Mm -hmm. and watching everything that my school had lied to me about um fall apart and i'm still bitter about that
0: right and like i guess like because i am reading this you know with i mean it doesn't feel right calling my eyes fresh they're not fresh they've been through a lot but like you know as a you know socialism curious adult. You know, (laughs) you know, if you can be bi curious, you know, socialism curious. You know, I don't hate it as much. It's definitely it's one of those books that I think feels like it thinks it's very subtle and it's not. Like you can definitely feel that Orwell thinks he's being very, very clever. And that's like something that I don't like in literature. I've mentioned that a million times is when you can like Feel when the author is like I have a good idea You know you can definitely like feel Orwell like grinning to himself When he's writing this Am I wrong? No Uh, So like that was a hump To get over was Orwell's Massive ego but I didn't Hate this I I I think that we don't make people read it At the right age and Then we probably don't explain It well Because it's one of those books that I imagine sort of like epistemology, sort of like, you know, anything involving higher philosophy, like allegory of the cave stuff, where it's like the minute that you put it in the minds of especially high schoolers,
1: it's just like, well, then why are we doing anything? (laughs) And again, this is exactly probably why your school didn't require you to read it. Well, yeah. And or, again, so we were super hella Catholic. So, so I will say this book is important to at least have a basic knowledge of because it is right. agree constantly in pop culture. Constantly, my favorite example of being in fucking uh, Archer. There's an episode where they're on a space station, and he keeps making references to Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. And at one point in time, somebody goes, "Please tell me that you're not. You don't think that the ship is." manned by animals and he goes no it isn't Lana it's an allegorical novella about Stalinism by George Orwell and spoiler alert it sucks and that just sums up my feelings so (laughs) so if you do not have a solid working knowledge of the Russian revolution a lot of this book just goes right over your head Um, Um, and, and, and hold on and let's be fair
0: most Americans don't. You have a special interest and I'm a nerd. So like, let's be, so again, like there's all these barriers to entry uh, for this book succeeding for children and teenagers is that we're not taught about the Russian revolution outside of call me bad. We're not taught about, you know, the horrors of fascism because we live in a fascist society and realistically have lived in a fascist society, like forever, it's just gotten worse. Um, So you have all these ideas that really like children should know about that you should be aware of. And I almost like, I'm almost philosophical about this book. It's like, wow, I wonder if we taught kids this right, if we'd be where we are, because looking at where we are in history right now, It's Umberto Echo's Fascism 101. You can see it. And if you know, if you know those dog whistles, if you know the history, if you know what strongman tactics are like, everything about what's happening now is so scary. But people don't know that. They haven't had to think that way. They don't, you know, they've only seen Animal Farm only ever made fun of, and they don't have that historical knowledge to know that like, maybe that's why they teach it bad is that we'd know too much <laughs> you know i i don't i don't know but like yeah reading this in 2023 as an adult was a radically different experience and being like oh fuck it's the everything <laughs> uh so do you want to do a brief primer on the russian revolution for our listeners who may not have a special interest the best
1: I fucking can. I will also include two videos I found which is basically The Russian Revolution Uncomplicated. Mm-hmm. Um some things you need to know for a very long time Russia worked under serfdom. So yes. if you don't know what serfdom is, it's basically somebody owns a bunch of land, the nobles have the land, they have the power underneath them, they have um their lords who kind of control a bunch of stuff. They're mm-hmm. often lords And then you have the serfs. The serfs are the people who do the actual fucking work. Correct. Uh, For example, (laughs) these are your, in a modern society, now that things have been industrialized, these are your people who work at Subway. These are us who work in a corporate office. These are Mm -hmm. the people who do the actual work, do not get paid for it, do not get the credit for it. In a Mm -hmm. serf society, it was really easy. you, You died a lot of times because... There was starvation, and you grew oh, food for, for everybody, and they would come and take it. Correct. This happened a lot with Russia. Um, the serfdom was so bad in Russia that um, you could basically be traded like property. Oh, Correct. you know, you can have my serfs. They'll, they'll come and live on your land. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> Alexander II comes forward and says, you know what? We need to make some changes, because the rest of Western Europe is booming they've got industry they're doing awesome you know we're gonna free the serfs Mm -hmm. he puts a little caveat in there though that the serfs have to pay back the uh the people they live on their land the nobles they have to pay Mm -hmm. these people the money back so Mm -hmm. an impossible amount of money to pay over their lifetime never gonna happen it's just like Mm -hmm. being a serf with no way out so Mm -hmm. people are pissed um the military get pissed things start happening and they end up uh, blowing up Alexander II in a protest. Alexander mm-hmm. III, his son, has a son named Nicky II. And Alexander III is really, really not into his, the people being free. So he reverses a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, his son, he he's like, you know what? I don't really want to teach my kid any of this. And keep in mind, Nicky also has a brother, which nobody remembers. Just he he flat out during the russian revolution was like i, I get involved by um, let's try to let's try to land the plane <laughs> okay so <laughs> nikki spends a bunch of time in japan while his dad's ruling mm-hmm. he gets back he's like you should probably teach me some stuff on how to rule his dad dies mm-hmm. so you have this completely unprepared monarch running a mm-hmm. country that is suffering people are starving people are freezing. Um. They are not modernized, shit is falling apart. They keep Mm -hmm. promoting people that cause more problems and they have a provisional government um, called the Duma. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind in the background, there's all sorts of people who have been exiled to other countries for speaking poorly about the czar who are meeting in France and England and all these other places. They're taking the ideas of Karl Marx and Mm -hmm. other philosophers and going, we could enact this back home. We can make sure that everyone's fed. You enter Vladimir Lenin, um, who is like okay? So we just, I we need a violent revolution. We need a violent revolution. You have two different revolutions. You have the one in 1905, um, y- which unfortunately was not successful. Um, mm-hmm. Then you, well, it depends on who you are. Yeah. Then you have the one in 1916, which is the one everybody knows. So yeah. these came about because they uh, Nikki decided that in order to get people to be back on his side because everybody was starting to freak out on him, he would go to war with a small country that couldn't fight back. So he ended up starting to push, 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 push on Japan. Japan fights back. Japan kicks their ass and Russia's supposed to be this global superpower. Not unlike what's going on currently. Moving on, backing up. Um, Soldiers come home, they got nothing. Everybody's starving. People are freezing to death. Shit is bad. Mm -hmm. And there is, you know, they tell the czar, you need to abdicate the throne. We're going to kill you if you don't abdicate the throne. Signs the paper, goes to live in a Catherineburg, which I know I butchered, with his family. Mm -hmm. Things get a little crazy. Vladimir Lenin ends up taking over. And um, keep in mind the Bolsheviks. Bolshevik means majority. He called mm-hmm. his group that within a, a larger other group because he wanted people to think that they really were the majority. And a lot of times they weren't. The Mensheviks were the others. Anyway, the other over were there. Shit goes bad. There's a civil war between what are called the White Russians and the Red Russians. Things are really bad and the Tsar is executed um, for a lot of reasons, but... Mostly because there were drunk Bolsheviks in a basement and they were like, hey, there's still never any proof that Lenin gave the call. It may have just been a bunch of drunk people going, let's execute the czar. Neither here nor there. Country falls into Lenin's (laughs) control. Lenin eventually has a series of strokes, dies. And the one person that they think isn't going to come into power, Joseph Stalin, who is known to be just an awful human being. He used to steal money from people, kill, rape, do all this shit to get money to fund the party that he was part of. Meanwhile, Trotsky is there like doing the actual work. So everybody's like, okay, so we're going to be fine. Trotsky's going to step in. It's going to be cool. Um, Stalin ensures that Trotsky runs away to South America and then has him executed with an ice pick. <laughs> okay. Tori you know left us free to call it but that's a whole yeah. other thing okay this
0: was a mistake I've never asking Tori to mistake. mistake. this was a mistake I don't know why you did do it I really sh- I was trying to be nice to you I even said land the plane a phrase that I never fucking say okay we've li- I I well Tori has been diadribing have listed a series of resources that you can listen to about the Russian revolution
1: that are more helpful than that rant. Oh, thanks. I'll include mine too. (laughs) Just keep in mind a lot of the shit that's happened or happened right before the revolution is happening again. Yeah. Um, Okay. There we go.
0: That's an important thing to hear is that if you have looked at history, a lot of the stuff that's happening right now uh feels a little close to home uh so we're going to briefly talk about some symbols because victoria talked at length about the russian revolution uh and we have to talk about the most famous line in the book which is some animals are uh more equal than others <laughs> or less free than others i've seen it a bunch of different ways but um that's the line that's always clipped out of context of this book and i think it loses some of its bite when you haven't been on the, I mean, I struggle to call it the emotional journey, but like the journey of the book, because it's not a fast turn. It feels fast because of narrative language, but it's not a fast turn. It's gradual. You see that this was a well-intended movement that, you know, could have gone a different way but because of human human feelings went, astra- went, went went you know astray. And that's how people usually feel about communism and fascism, is that it's good in your head, but no one can be trusted to execute it.
1: And that's the problem. Is that communism also- in your head? Yes. Karl Marx wrote this in like the I uh, wrote Communist Manifesto, I believe, like the mid 1800s. You mm-hmm. gotta understand, capitalism hasn't always existed. It hasn't no. always been the standard of the day. We no. are seeing what we call late stage capitalism, where shit yeah. is starting to fall apart. Yes. Um, in the very beginning, philosophers were warning. They're like that. You see. You know, the workers are going to come out. They're going to work in force. They're going to do mm-hmm. what needs to be do. You're going to industrialize. You're going to make certain things easier. Now, the mm-hmm. reason that capitalism has lasted as long as it has in industrialized Western countries mm-hmm. is because we have touches of socialism. We have particular aspects of the welfare state. So mm-hmm. we have things like um, social security. We have mm-hmm. in other countries, health care, which we don't mm-hmm. have here for a lot no. of reasons. I have to go back to World War II and businesses. Um, and a lot of reasons that we're still around is because we have little aspects of the government that are like, okay, well, we'll take care of this part for you. Mm -hmm. So you can still trust this part of the government Mm -hmm. while other stuff goes on. Um, capitalism is not here to take care of you. It will never be like, I'm sorry. It's just a political system. It's not inherently good and it's not inherently bad. It's a concept. And I would argue that neither is communism. Like
0: nothing is here to take care of you. And that's why some of the most successful countries do a little bit of everything is yes, they have capitalism in the free market where it should be, which is like in the retail space and everything, but everything else is highly socialized because that shouldn't be a burden on the people. That should not be something that the people should have to, You know, deal with like I like think about like the Nordic countries, how they're always some of the happiest. It's because they do both, they're not fully anti capitalism, they're businesses, but the big things that should not be
1: on people aren't so, or the things that you're your stationary families and farming communities used to have, have Mm -hmm. been transplanted into different forms. So in the Scandinavian countries, you have uh, paid health care, you have paid Mm -hmm. um, family, maternal and paternal leave, you have Mm child care up to a certain age, you have free schools, which Mm -hmm. is great. Um, And I'm not saying free health care is great in every country, because yes, I know how horribly run the NHS is I was I about how to much say. in Canada and yeah. I know from working for a medical company that um, Medicaid is real interesting when you live in a or in a um, a state that refuses to quote unquote take a handout when it's not a handout it's just ensuring that your poorest people actually are able to receive some sort of health care and not just die in the street mm-hmm. but you know one of the things that I think is most important to really discuss
0: is <clears throat> that all of these things failed because of people. Capitalism as an idea is exactly what Tori said. It's neutral. It is not good or evil. Humanity made it evil. Communism on paper is not good or evil. It is ideologically pure. Humans with human interests made it evil. You can say the same thing about religion. Ideologically, Mm -hmm. the Bible is pure, unless you're reading the filthy King James Version, which exists because uh, a guy wanted to be gay. My lights turned off dramatically. Please forgive me. Hold on.
1: (laughs) I saw that I was like, oh, wow, now they're (laughs) all off. Hold on. I don't think Uh, that went the way you were hoping.
0: No, we're good. My uh, power strip decided that it wanted to uh
1: not work. We're back. So for a minute there it looked like Amanda was about to have a crazy light switch rave and I was here for it.
0: I almost did, but no, my uh my very expensive gamer chair kicked over my uh power strip. So I was plunged into darkness just
1: like my you heart. Can't really see it with mine. Um but I have one of those rainbow strip things on my window now yeah. because I needed to have some sort of Something to look at and be delighted by throughout the day. Mood. But, um, you know, it, it,
0: the idea that some animals are more equal than others, we see that a lot in uh, social spaces. Right now we're approaching on pride, which is a great time where all of the gays come together and some have decided that some queer people are less queer than others. You know, sometimes the feminists get together and some feminists have decided that some women are less women than others. Um, we don't support turfs here, obviously. Yeah, we're, we're a very anti turf podcast. If that's not obvious, um, I, I don't know what to tell you. But like, that's what humans do. That's what people do is that ideologically, there are so many great studies about like in-group, out group. And how much of this is like hardwired into our brains because of evolution. There are some great studies in um, in and around. So like they'll study children ethically because there have been some unethical studies with children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. A lot of them. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, little Albert. Um, but there have been some amazing studies with children about like how early can you, how early is the idea of like God morality introduced. And you can introduce god morality, like higher being morality to children really really early. It's called uh, the Princess Angelica study if you ever want to read it and it's basically, you know, researchers will set up like a like a chair in a room and they'll put like so they'll put a desirable object on it, it's a cupcake, it's a toy, it's something. And if you tell kids just hey, go in this room, no one can see you, Uh, Don't touch that thing They're probably going to touch it They're kids, they're dumb They're probably going to touch it And if you don't say anything They're still probably going to touch it What they introduced was this doll Uh, And they said, okay And they'll put the doll on the chair With the desirable object And they'll say, okay, this is Princess Angelica She can see you if you touch it Suddenly the kids are Five feet away from that chair They don't want to talk about the chair. The chair doesn't exist. They're staring longingly at the desirable object, but they're not touching it. And then a step further is they said, okay, Princess Angelica isn't here, but she can see you. She can sense you. And she'll know if you touch it. Shocker, kids at a very, very early age still felt that pressure and didn't touch the object. So a lot of what is going on in our brains is hardwired. It isn't tabula rasa. We are not blank slates. A lot of it is hardwired because of evolution, because of societal structure, because of epigenetics. Uh, this is the Amanda Has Big Ideas podcast, apparently. <laughs> this is what happens when we record at night. Amanda Has Big Ideas.
1: <laughs> if we record at night it's to, and it's still early enough and neither of us are drinking.
0: Okay, yeah, so this is, so really, this is when we should be recording the podcast, is when Amanda, high on uh, thoughts of grandeur, apparently has the answers to solve humanity's problems, with the thanks of a tall boy of Sprite. Um, It's a tall boy of Sprite. It is, what else is this?
1: Oh no, I just love that that's what that is.
0: It's a tall boy of Sprite. <laughs> um but yeah like we see this everywhere um, yeah like i said like pride's coming up and it's amazing there's been a whole movement to remove trans people from pride it's wrong but there's been people who are like oh it's just lgb now
1: did you, saw, did you see the whole dodgers thing oh don't fuck with the sisters <laughs> of perpetual indulgence Okay, so for those of you who don't follow Drag or the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they are a group of um, wonderful, wonderful queers who have come together and taken a lot of Catholic iconography and took care of a bunch of people who were suffering from AIDS in the 90s. They speak out on gay issues. They're notorious in San Francisco in all the best ways. And they were going to be honored as part of the LGBT Pride Day At uh, Dodger Stadium. Now keep in mind the Dodgers want to make a shit ton of money. It's they're not doing this because they want doing this for positive they're not doing this. Yeah, it's not out of the kindness of their heart. They want your they want your your pride money, they want your 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 queer money. That's what they want. Um, So Marco Rubio, a bunch of other Christian white nationalists make a whole statement and stink about oh, well, you know, they're very controversial and they should be removed. So mm-hmm. the Dodgers say, okay, they take, we're no longer going to be supporting them. We're, we're just going to have our pride day. Mm-hmm. And now there is a whole conversation of whether or not the Dodgers should even be allowed to have a pride day. And yeah. I kind of concurred that they should not be allowed to. Like you just showed your entire ass to the country. Well, now, here's the thing though. Yeah. We are in a current state where it is very, very popular to hate the LGBT community and it, it is, is very popular to hate trans people it is and it just fucking blows my mind because we haven't learned a goddamn thing you guys not anything you didn't learn anything from no. the Jews you didn't learn anything from the Roma you didn't learn anything from the people that you have murdered Tori you need to take a break <laughs> I don't want to see thousands of more people die because people are stupid and don't bother to get to know somebody I
0: know. Let's take a break. We're going to take a break. I'm good. Welcome to a very late and very tired, unfortunately required reading.
1: Hi. (laughs) We're uh,
0: both hosts are going through it. Tori, would you like to uh, tell the audience at home the 24 hours that you've had?
1: Okay, so a little groundwork. Started taking a new medication two weeks ago. hmm Has utterly wrecked my quality of life, but mm. starting to feel better, thinking things are just around the corner. It's going to be okay. I've got a Vegas mm-hmm. trip coming up. Going to be great. Mm-hmm. Last night, the first time in two weeks, I felt decent. I'm like, yes, I've been hired all week, but I'm like, you know what? I went and I got a pedicure and manicure, and I felt fabulous. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing dishes, doing laundry, and I look over at Sweet Baby River Cat, who mm-hmm. everybody knows and loves from this podcast. We do. And the right side of her jaw is all swollen. And mm-hmm. at first I'm like, maybe she just has like her fur all pushed up. Mm-hmm. No, no, no that, would, that would be too fucking easy. So I pick her up, touch the side of her face, and she freaks out. And I'm like, oh, God. And it feels kind of squishy, kind of hard, kind of nasty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, dear God, no, please don't be cancer. Now, keep in mind, she was totally fine mm-hmm. in the morning sitting on my desk. No issues. Just kind of hang out with me while I work. She does mm-hmm. all the time. So I panic. And we try to go to an emergency vet. And the emergency vet, we get there. We're parked out front. She goes, hang on a second. Gets back on the line and says, oh, we can't see you guys. It's 11 o'clock on a Friday night there's like one person in their waiting room. She's like, yeah, well we can't do anything that involves anesthesia. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nobody said anything had to do with anesthesia, but we just exhausted finally go home. And mm-hmm. Mark and I scan everything we can on the internet just to make sure that, you know, this isn't super life threatening that she's going to be okay. And she's eating and she's fine. And she's just chilling with us. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, my cat is going to die. Like panicking. So, after calling like something like 20 places this morning between Mark and I, mm-hmm. we finally get one on the line that says, yeah, you can bring her in at an 1130, which mm-hmm. Amanda and I at noon. Yes, so we do. Amanda <laughs> is gracious enough to be like, no, that's sweet baby cat. Go and do what you need to do. And <laughs> we proceed to sit in the waiting room and everybody at the, the. Center is absolutely lovely. If you're in Texas, they're over on Fredericksburg. It's just called the or like a ma- animal emergency room, and they actually I found that Humane Society um, does a lot of drop offs there for like, mm-hmm. hey, can you help this animal before we foster it? And a lot of fosters go there yeah. first. Oh,
0: not to triangulate, that's not super far from where I live. Can confirm they're amazing
1: from the people that I know that live here that have that.
0: not yet a sponsor.
1: And they're just, they're wonderful human beings. And I love the guy, I, I take River out and keep him on. We've, we've got a carrier for her, but it is an old dog carrier mm-hmm. because when she was adopted, um, or when I adopted her, my good friend Mary was like the one who, who said it. She goes, listen, we don't need this carrier anymore. You need to take her home, go for it. So this thing dwarfs the size of my cat. It is massive and River is not very large. So I'm like, I'm just going to hold her on the way there, because if I put her in this kennel, she's gonna meow and howl the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I've got her in my arms and she's fine. We get out of the car, eventually the guy comes up to to see her. Cause a lot of vet hospitals, I don't know if you guys have had this experience since COVID um, will now ha- like have you come to the door or call them and then they'll have you fill up paperwork outside and then they will come and get you or they will call you and mm-hmm. tell you to bring your aunt. And a lot of that's just to keep people from congregating in, in large amounts in waiting rooms and we get in and the guy looks at me and he looks at the cat and he goes she is she a friendly girl and I'm like she's very friendly but she's not in a good mood right now and he's like mm-hmm. okay and just very very sweet about her gets her in the back they come mm-hmm. out to tell me how like, it's going to be and bless these people it was the cheapest vet visit I've ever had mm-hmm. um, and they're like she is such a good girl she's so mm-hmm. sweet and I'm like she is very sweet and they're like We're going to have to cut open the side of her cheek, though, because we did. We shaved down the area and it looks like there were some some areas that are infected because it Mm -hmm. looks like she got into a fight. And the only other animal in my house that would have caused that is Nemo. So Nemo is now on legit list because he caused his sister to have an abscess. Um, So they gave her a long term shot of antibiotics should last about 10 to 14 days. I do have to take her in to they said go to your regular vet. Just for her updated shots and stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, but she's okay. She's good. Unfortunately, they do have to leave the thing open, so she was Mm -hmm. less thrilled with them after they cut open the side of her face. Yeah, Um, I mean, I would. (laughs) Yeah, she's gonna be unthrilled with me for the next two days as I put like warm compresses on her. Mm -hmm. Um, for about 15 to 20 minutes to make sure everything drains Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you know what my cat is alive and she's Mm -hmm. okay and it's not Mm -hmm. cat cancer Mm -hmm. and after the last two weeks that I've had let's be real it's been longer than that but that's just what I'm counting at That's I needed that I needed her to be okay so and for for the record
0: I'm over here not panicking because I watch a lot of like, obscure content, one of them being, like, veterinary shows. Um, This scared the fuck out of Amber, because we were tubing. And we were, like, we were just, like, out in, like, downtown fucking New Braunfels, and we saw a deer. And I was like, oh, that's a mule deer. And she's like, how the fuck do you know what a mule deer is? And it's like, oh, I've watched, like, 30 hours of, like, that Texas ranger law enforcement show, but about, like, wildlife. So I know all about like hunting regulation and deer and stuff like that. And Amber just looks at me like, why are you like this? So like me who's watched a ton of like weird, obscure vet shows, I'm like, that's probably an abscess because cat bites are terrible, but I'm not saying anything because that's not my place. Um, I've been on TikTok a lot where there's been uh, the, uh, the literal, and I don't say this to be a shit Lord, autistic screeching from the good doctor. Uh <laughs> It's just I'm a surgeon. Uh, I try not to do that to people because I don't have autism. I'm just an asshole, so I'm trying to like. That is from a doctor, Victoria. Because
1: my aunt got me. I'm going to be honest. I have never seen an episode of The Good Doctor. I didn't even know it was a TV show until recently.
0: You're literally not missing anything. It's like, they think that they're trying to do house, but it's the worst. They think they're trying to do like sensitive house. It's terrible. Um, But I got tested for autism when I was a teenager and the doctor's like, your niece is not autistic. She's a jerk. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like, I'm trying to be chill, but also like, I take a lot of antidepressants and shit. So like, I just don't, and I have complete vagal nerve collapse. Nothing scares me anymore. Nothing shocks me. So I'm trying to be like supportive to my friend. While also being like, I have no feelings.
1: (laughs) And I'm laughing because my husband is sitting right next to me. And he, according to a doctor, is on the spectrum. And he's like, why are you worried about it? It's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm like looking at him. He's like, it's going to be fine. I wouldn't be saying that otherwise. He goes, you and I both know that when River finally dies, I'm going to lose it. And I'm right. like, I know, because River—that's his human. Mm-hmm. That's or River—he's her human. She gravitates to him like it, it's sickening. Unless it's sickening I'm how here. much she loves my husband. Like they have a routine at night when they take shower or when he takes a shower, and the cattle come yeah. and like cuddle him. And um, and th- she's been like getting up and sleeping on him since we got home. Like, yes, I am home, and she's she's leaking okay she's leaking for lack of a better term and he's like um and i'm like that's yours meanwhile nemo has come in and he's laying down on the pillow behind me like please mama please don't hate me i i did nothing wrong i was just playing just playing with my sister
0: this is a whole like john Binet scenario where like the kid plays too rough with his sister and then she's dead in the basement uh, we're not talking about the book because yeah i saw the john Binet case we all know what happened
1: Oh, did you see that they may have figured out who the zodiac killer is? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We're not talking about the book
0: because it's five o'clock and it's Animal Farm. We're reading Animal Farm because uh we're going back to our roots of required reading. People have to read Animal Farm.
1: I don't know why. My I, daughter I, just read this in school and she's like, why? I'm like, we are currently living it. Well,
0: <clears throat> I don't want to talk about it um I went to Target and I thought that it was a pack of uh buy socks because you know it's rainbow capitalism season uh so I thought it was like a three pack of buy socks it was three individual pairs of buy socks Aww. but I bought buy socks uh rainbow capitalism is going to kill us all but I uh, know that if I was allowed to express my gender and sexual orientation when I was a teenager I would be president of the world like I would be so fucking self-actualized and so secure if I could go to Target and like buy stuff with my flag on and then like the flip side my aunts not be upset about that because for as much yeah. as my aunts love to talk now about how they knew like every parent in hindsight knows they had a gay baby. So like <laughs> if oh, my, my mom,
1: mom still that I'm not bisexual and that I never have been and that I was just trying to be trendy and I'm like going you know that that didn't point- go away even though I married a dude, right?
0: I'm going to point your mom in all of the early episodes of the show where we're just like a married lesbian power couple. Um <laughs> but like I mean one that rainbow capitalism existed then and then two. the flip side being my aunts would have accepted it because as much as they love to talk about being allies now in 2004 they were not um they can't hear me because they're actually on a cruise so ha huh.
1: but uh we're we'll talking in the and- year of our lord 2023 where multiple states including the one's we're living in keep making laws to try and ruin the lives of the LGBT community i don't want to talk about it hank
0: green was diagnosed with lymphoma everything is on fire um i have some questions about the ethics of making your cancer diagnosis content but that's not my cancer diagnosis and it's none of my fucking
1: business but i think it's the way he knows how to deal with the world yeah
0: i mean it's questions like it's 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 question i have a question about it i don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it when you messaged me and you're
1: like hank just released a video that he has cancer i thought you meant john and i went to john's page and i couldn't find anything i just saw that he was really upset about something and i'm like what's going on and then the hank video dropped and i was like son of a bitch you'll take my pelican boy from me uh so
0: i know you're not gonna ever hear this hank but we of course both stand with you and we support you and uh i've been a nerd fighter for like 15 years so please don't die um you want to talk about the book now because it's been 12
1: minutes I mean, I don't want to, but I will. So just so you guys know, I've entitled this episode, A Book So Bad I Refused to Reread It on Principle. And by that, I'm being 100% honest with you, I hated this book so much in junior high that I reread the synopsis and watched a bunch of videos and flat out refused to reread this book. Because literally, he just changed the names and made freaking fan fiction of the Russian Revolution to try and point some shit out.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, We're eating and drinking whatever the hell we want because we are at home. Um, I have a tall boy of Sprite.
1: Due to my medical condition, I am drinking water. I hate it as much as you guys think I do. I
0: have a tall boy of Sprite. Um, Let me see. Hold on. That was good. I love the sound of cans opening, and I wonder if that's, like, an addiction thing. (laughs)
1: Like, is that a... Is that, is that a problem? Well, I will say that a lot of... So I have had to basically give up drinking, which fucking sucks. Um, yeah. Amanda and I, the, the last hurrah we went on an amazing distillery tour. Thank you, Baron Von Place. We You're welcome. Uh, to celebrate our 100th episode at Maverick. And um, it was wonderful. And the last real time that I've I've been able to drink because my body is like, oh alcohol <laughs> you just bought that, they, that i can't drink mm-hmm. i'm so sad so fun story absolutely well, it, it feels like fair play now it is they have amazing gin at maverick distillery yeah. amazing amazing vodka amazing rum amazing tequila amazing everything like it's yes. just they care a lot they do not yet a sponsor not and um, also, Mark Anthony is like my favorite person. He's Great. that's neither here nor there. Our tour guide was fucking amazing, and just he's mm. gonna have a podcast, and as soon as like that actually starts, we'll let you guys know. But yeah, sure. Um, at, we did a tasting, and right as we get to gin, which is Amanda's favorite thing, it they is. we we were talking to the guy, and he goes, "Oh yeah, there's a secret ingredient in it." And he goes, "And I'm gonna ask you because people don't ask, do any of you have a nut allergy?" oh crap okay well the secret ingredient is pecan god damn it just (laughs) like so please
0: know that no one asks me shit when i'm on tastings like that because i'm an alcoholic (laughs) i go on tastings (laughs) it's how i mask my high functioning alcoholism is i say it's a wine tasting when you have multiple bottles of wine in the night oh (laughs) So, but no one asks me anything. And it, like, 90% of the time isn't a problem. And the one time someone asks, it's a problem.
1: I took a little several questions. They have another gin coming out, I think, that just released, I think, this Mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. That has been distilled a little bit longer and Amanda can drink it. Yes. But... I
0: was, very, I was very unhappy, because I did take a little sip, and it was like, this is amazing. But yeah, so we're going through it, but we're going to talk about Animal Farm, because it's also just the current day. Um, okay. Uh, Tori, do you want a short story long, or do you I, want me to uh, short yeah. story long? Got it? I'll do it.
1: Old okay, Major, aka Carl fucking Marx, is a prize-winning boar. He gets all the animals at her Farm to gather in a barn and tells them he had a dream where all animals live together with no human beings to control them or oppress them. He thinks that if they work together, they can create a paradise on Earth. Where have we heard this before? Every (laughs) fucking political party. He teaches them a song called Beasts of England, which describes his plan. So there you go. Setting of the place is England, which is interesting. Um, yeah. The animals are super fucking into it. They're like, let's go. And then Old Major dies three nights after the meeting. Surprise! So, the yes. idea is out in the world. They want to enact it. But the person, the brains behind it, who can help clarify and tell them when something is fucking stupid, is mm-hmm. dead. <clears throat> this ties into the fact that Lenin really, really liked the Communist Manifesto. But also way after Karl Marx had died. Moving on. Eleven people mm-hmm. attended Marx's funeral. Eleven. Think about that. Um, three younger pigs, Snowball, Napoleon, and Squealer, who will all become mm-hmm. very, very fi- figure, uh, you'll, you'll figure out who they are Russian-wise mm-hmm. pretty soon here, get together and rewrite the plan. And they call their philosophy animalism. Yes. The animals defeat Farmer Jones, who owns the farm, uh, not to be confused with Nicholas II, which of course it is, and run him off the land. They rename the farm Animal Farm, and they act like they're going to live out Major's dream. There's a whole cart horse named Boxer. He gets super into the fascism of it, and he decides okay. his personal affirmation is going to be, I will work harder to gain prosperity for the farm, which you hear that in all of your corporate jobs, don't you? If you just work a little harder, we can see everybody get a raise and the profits go through the roof. Tori, we're, we're not talking about the book. We, talk, we have to talk about the book, Victoria. <laughs> Initial things. Things are okay at first. Snowball teaches the animals how to read. Napoleon educates young puppies on animalism. Mr. Jones comes back and is like, well, this is my farm. And the animals defeat him again in what is called the Battle of the Cowshed. Not mm-hmm. anything like an actual series of issues that happen. Moving on. They take the farmer's gun as a symbol of the wind and display it. Mm. Napoleon and Snowball fight over the future of the farm and they try to get power over the other animals. Snowball comes up with a plan. He's like, we're gonna build a windmill so we can make electricity. And Napoleon mm. is really mad about it. There's a meeting to vote on the project. Snowball gives this impassioned speech. Napoleon makes a strange noise and nine attack dogs chase Snowball from the farm. Napoleon takes control and says there will be no more meetings and the pigs alone will decide the good for all animals. Napoleon changes his mind about the windmill then and has Mm. all the animals devote themselves to completing it. Like every decent employer ever, employee ever, Boxer ends up doing almost all of the fucking work. Shocking. Mm. The human farmers all talk shit and say the animals built the walls too thin. Napoleon says snowball must have sabotaged my windmill just like these new uh new uh missiles that rush has been talking about that suddenly appear to be made from things in the 80s Tori moving on (laughs) um he stages a great purge and gets rid of animals who are part of this fake conspiracy any animal that contests napoleon dies at the hands of his attack dogs Stalin. The maxim, Napoleon is always right, spreads. Napoleon rewrites history to make Snowball a villain, Trotsky, and he starts acting like a human. He sleeps in a bed, drinks whiskey, and trades with local farmers. All the original animalist principles forbid these activities. Squealer justifies all of Napoleon's actions with propaganda, Pravda. All the animals are cold, hungry, and overworked, and this was not what they signed up for. A neighboring farmer cheats Napoleon on a lumber deal before attacking the farm and blowing up the windmill, which has to be rebuilt at a much higher cost. There's a battle, and Boxer gets major wounds. The farmers are chased away, but Boxer falls while working on the windmill after being injured. He goes missing, and Squealer's like, oh, Boxer, he died peacefully in his sleep. But really, he was sold to a glue factory so that Napoleon could have more booze money. Years pass, the pigs are like, Act like human beings, they wear clothes, they do all sorts of random sh- shit. They write the seven principles of animalism on the side of the barn, but then reduce it down to one principle. All animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. Mm -hmm. Napoleon entertains a farmer at a dinner and declares his intent to ally with the humans. He calls the place Manor Farm again. So we go from Animal Farm back to Manor Farm. The common animals look in the window and can't tell who are the pigs and who are the people. So anyhow, this is what happens when you just basically take the Russian Revolution and make it into a book with animals. So fuck this entire book.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so... I'm gonna go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. I have never had to read this. Oh yeah, you went
1: to a bunch of Catholic schools. <laughs> 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 we don't know about fascism <laughs> or how ideas have been corrupted for
0: power. Come on, <laughs> how would you want know you to read this? Yeah, we just read Flowers for Algernon <laughs> and <laughs> To Kill a Mockingbird three times. Uh, yeah I, I never
1: weird jefferson or jefferson livingston's Siegel book or whatever jonathan livingston Siegel. that was an jonathan. episcopalian school i, I will fully blame so much. I... I hate animal harm far more than that animal harm is what i'm calling it <laughs> i hate that more animal I hate harm the, the reason part. i can't
0: watch guardians of the galaxy 3
1: <laughs> i have not seen it and i don't know that i'll be able to
0: <laughs> adam warlock is very cute Okay, I'll take your word for it. He's he's a very cute man. Uh, and you will cry a lot. I had that movie, like, spoiled day of on TikTok, which, amazing work TikTok. Like, day of spoiled. I'm not work an in o- Overtime, though. I'm not a huge Guardians of the Galaxy fan because I'm not a huge Chris Pratt fan. Uh, but... Congratulations. I think if I had seen this movie, I would have some feelings. But I'm never going to see it because I hate Chris Pratt. Uh, So I never had to read this. I've absorbed a lot of this because it's made a joke of everywhere. Uh, And I'm pretty sure I've seen the animated movie. Or at least like parts of it. I don't remember where I saw it. But I've seen parts of the animated movie. There is an animated movie meant for children. Which. Um, so I've never had to read this. Um, and I will say. Having never had to read it. Um, I don't hate it as much as you do. As an adult. Because it's just the Russian Revolution. But also so much of it feels so salient. That like I guess because I didn't have to read it as a child and like wasn't traumatized by it, I can kind of see why we make people read this. I don't know if we make them read it at the right age though
1: because nope. I've and kind of heard good. all no.
0: over that like some people some are like actual children reading this, some are high schoolers reading this. some are middle schoolers reading it. Uh, when did you have to read it? Middle school
1: and middle school. I think it was eighth grade. Yeah, so I can see why you'd hate this. Um, and the funny thing is, I got the message. I understood what the hell yeah. was going on, and then proceeded to go into uh, corporate America after the 2007 uh, recession mm-hmm. and watching everything that my school had lied to me about um, fall apart. And I'm right. still bitter about that.
0: Right. And like, I
1: guess, like, because
0: I am reading this, you know, with. I mean, it doesn't feel right calling my eyes fresh. They're not fresh. They've been through a lot. But like, you know, as a, you know, socialism curious adult, you know, (laughs) you know, if you can be bi-curious, you know, socialism curious, you know, I don't hate it as much. It's definitely, it's one of those books that I think feels like it thinks it's very subtle and it's not. Like, you can definitely feel that Orwell thinks he's being very, very clever. And that's, like, something that I don't like in literature. I've mentioned that a million times is when you can, like, feel when the author is like, Ooh, I have a good idea! You know, you can definitely, like, feel Orwell, like, grinning to himself when he's writing this. Am I wrong? No. Uh, so, like, that was a hump to get over, was Orwell's massive ego, but i didn't hate this i i just i think that we don't make people read it at the right age and then we probably don't explain it well cuz it's one of those books that i imagine sort of like epistemology sort of like you know anything involving higher philosophy like allegory of the cave stuff where it's like the minute that you put it in the minds of especially like high schoolers it's just like well then, why are we doing anything?
1: <laughs> and again, this is exactly probably why your school didn't require you to read it. Is well, yeah. And or, again, so we were super hella Catholic. So, so I will say this book is important to at least have a basic knowledge of because it is referenced I would agree. constantly in pop culture. Constantly favorite example of being in fucking uh, Archer, there's an episode where they're on a space station and he keeps making references to Animal Farm. Mm -hmm. And at one point in time, somebody goes, please tell me that you're not, you don't think that the ship is manned by animals. And he goes, no, it isn't, Lana. It's an allegorical novella about Stalinism by George Orwell. And spoiler alert, it sucks. And that just sums up my feelings. So, (laughs) (laughs) so if you do not have a solid working knowledge of the russian revolution a lot of this book just goes right over your head um Uh, and, and, and
0: hold on and
1: let's be fair
0: most americans don't you have a special interest and i'm a nerd so like let's be so again like there's all these barriers to entry uh, for this book succeeding for children and teenagers is that we're not taught about the Russian Revolution outside of commie bad. We're not taught about you know the horrors of fascism because we live in a fascist society and realistically have lived in a fascist society like forever. It's just gotten worse. Um, so. You have all these ideas that really like children should know about, that you should be aware of. And I almost like, I'm almost philosophical about this book. It's like, wow, I wonder if we taught kids this right, if we'd be where we are. Because looking at where we are in history right now, it's Umberto Echo's Fascism 101. You can see it. And if you know, if you know those dog whistles, if you know the history, if you know what strongman tactics are like, everything about what's happening now is so scary. But people don't know that. They haven't had to think that way. They don't, you know, they've only seen Animal Farm only ever made fun of and they don't have that historical knowledge to know that like, maybe that's why they teach it bad is that, We'd know too much, you know. I I don't I don't know, but like, yeah. Reading this in 2023 as an adult was a radically different experience. And being like, oh fuck, it's the everything. <laughs> uh, so, do you want to do a brief primer on the Russian Revolution for our
1: listeners who I may not have a special interest? The best I fucking can. I will also include two videos I found, which is basically the Russian Revolution uncomplicated. Mm -hmm. Um, some things you need to know. For a very long time, Russia worked under serfdom. So if you don't know what serfdom is, it's basically somebody owns a bunch of land. The nobles have the land. They have the power underneath them. They have um, their lords who kind of control a bunch of stuff. They're Mm -hmm. often lords. And then you have the serfs. The serfs are the people who do the actual fucking work. Correct. Uh, For example, (laughs) these are your... In a modern society, now the things that have been industrialized, these are your people who work at Subway. These are us who work in a corporate office. These are the mm-hmm. people who do the actual work, do not get paid for it, and do not get the credit for it. In a mm-hmm. surf society, it was really easy. To, you, you died a lot of times because there was starvation and you grew oh, food for, for everybody and they would come and take it. Correct. It happened a lot with Russia. Um, The serfdom was so bad in Russia that um, you could basically be traded like property. Oh, you know, you can have my serfs. They'll they'll come and live on your land. It's fine. Um, Alexander II comes forward and says, you know what? We need to make some changes because the rest of Western Europe is booming. They've got industry. They're doing awesome. You know, we're going to free the serfs. Mm -hmm. He puts a little caveat in there, though. That the serfs have to pay back the uh, the people they live the- on their land, the nobles. They have to pay mm-hmm. these people the money back. So mm-hmm. an impossible amount of money to pay over their lifetime. Never going to fucking happen. It's just like mm-hmm. being a serf with no way out. So mm-hmm. the people are pissed. Um, the military get pissed. Things start happening and they end up uh, blowing up Alexander II. In a protest. Alexander the mm-hmm. third, his son has a son named Nikki the second. And Alexander the Third is really, really not into his, the people being free. So he reverses a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, his son, he he's like, you know what? I don't really want to teach my kitty any of this. And keep in mind, Nicky also has a brother, which nobody remembers. Just he he flat out during the Russian Revolution was like, I, I right, get involved by um, let's try to let's try to land the plane. Okay. So <laughs> Nicky spends a bunch of time in Japan while his dad's ruling. Mm -hmm. He gets back. He's like, you should probably teach me some stuff on how to rule. His dad dies. Mm -hmm. So you have this completely unprepared monarch running a Mm -hmm. country that is suffering. People are starving. People are freezing. Um, They are not modernized. Shit is falling apart. They keep Mm -hmm. promoting people that cause more problems. And they have a provisional government um, called the Duma. Keep in mm-hmm. mind, in the background, there's all sorts of people who have been exiled to other countries for speaking poorly about the czar, who are meeting in France and England and all these other places. They're taking the ideas of Karl mm-hmm. Marx and other philosophers and going, "We could enact this back home. We can make sure that everyone's fed." You ha- enter Vladimir Lenin, um, who is like, "Okay, so we just, I, we need a violent revolution. We need a violent revolution." You have two different revolutions. You have the one in 1905. Um, which unfortunately was not successful. Um, Mm -hmm. then you, well, it depends on who you are. Yeah. then you have the one in 1916, which is the one everybody knows. So these came about because they, uh, Nikki decided that in order to get people to be back on his side, because everybody was starting to freak out on him, he would go to war with a small country that couldn't fight back. So he ended up Starting to push, 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 push on Japan. Japan fights back. Japan kicks their ass. And Russia's supposed to be this global superpower. Not unlike what's going on currently. Moving on, backing up. Um, Soldiers come home. They got nothing. Everybody's starving. People are freezing to death. Shit is bad.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: there is, you know, they tell the czar, you need to abdicate the throne. You're gonna, we're going to kill you if you don't abdicate the throne. Signs the paper, goes to li- live in a Catherineburg, which I know I butchered, with his family. Mm-hmm. Things get a little crazy. Vladimir Lenin ends up taking over. And um, keep in mind the Bolsheviks. Bolshevik means majority. He called mm-hmm. his group that within a, a larger other group because he wanted people to think that they really were the majority. And a lot of times they weren't. The Mensheviks were the others. Anyway. The were herner there. Shit goes bad. There's a civil war between what are called the white Russians and the red Russians. Things are really bad. And the czar is executed um, for a lot of reasons, but mostly because there were drunk Bolsheviks in a basement and they were like, Hey, there's still never any proof that Lenin gave the call. It may have just been a bunch of drunk people going, let's execute the czar. Neither here nor there country falls into Lenin's <laughs> control. Lenin eventually has a series of strokes, dies And the one person that they think isn't going to come into power, Joseph Stalin, who is known to be just an awful human being. He used to steal money from people, kill, rape, do all this shit to get money to fund the party that he was part of. Meanwhile, Trotsky is there, like doing the actual work. So everybody's like, okay, so we're going to be fine. Trotsky's going to step in. It's going to be cool. Um, Stalin ensures that Trotsky runs away to South America. And then has him executed with an ice pick. Okay, Tori, you left with free to call it, but that's a whole yeah. other thing. Okay, this was a mistake.
0: Never ask <laughs> <you> Tori. <laughs> this was a mistake. I don't know why did you do it? I really, sh- I was trying to be nice to you. I even said land the plane, a phrase that I never fucking say okay we've i i while Tori has been diadribing have listed a series of resources that you can listen to about the russian revolution that are more
1: helpful than that rant oh thanks i'll include mine too (laughs) just keep in mind a lot of the shit that's happened or happened right before the revolution is happening again yeah okay Um, there we go that's an important thing to hear is that if you have
0: looked at history a lot of the stuff that's happening right now uh feels a little close to home uh so we're gonna briefly talk about some symbols because victoria talked at length about the russian revolution uh and we have to talk about the most famous line in the book which is some animals are uh more equal than others or less free than others i've seen it a bunch of different ways but um that's the line that's always clipped out of context of this book and i think it loses some of its bite when you haven't been on the i mean i struggle to call it the emotional journey but like the journey of the book because it's not a fast turn it feels fast because of narrative language, but it's not a fast turn. It's gradual. You see that this was a well-intended movement that you know could have gone a different way, but because of human human feelings went astra- went, went went, you know, astray. And that's how people usually feel about communism and fascism is that it's good in your head but no one can be trusted to execute it and that's the problem is that communism in your
1: head yes Karl marx wrote this in like the i wrote communist manifesto i believe like the mid 1800s you gotta understand capitalism hasn't always existed it hasn't always been the standard of the day we yeah. are seeing what we call late stage capitalism where she yeah. is starting to fall apart. Yes. Um in the very beginning, philosophers were warning, they're like that you see you know, the workers are going to come out. They're going to work in force. They're going to do mm-hmm. what needs to be done. You're going to industrialize. You're going to make certain things easier. Now, mm-hmm. the reason that capitalism has lasted as long as it has in industrialized Western countries mm-hmm. is because we have touches of socialism. We have particular aspects of the welfare state. So mm-hmm. we have things like um, social security. We have mm-hmm. in other countries, health care, which we don't mm-hmm. have here for a lot no. of reasons. I have to go back to World War II and businesses. Um, and a lot of reasons that we're still around is because we have little aspects of the government that are like, okay, well, we'll take care of this part for you. Mm -hmm. So you can still trust this part of the government Mm -hmm. while other stuff goes on. Um, capitalism is not here to take care of you. It will never be like, I'm sorry. It's just a political system. It's not inherently good and it's not inherently bad. It's a concept. And I would argue that neither is communism. Like (laughs) nothing
0: is here to take care of you. And that's why some of the most successful countries do a little bit of everything is yes, they have capitalism in the free market where it should be, which is like in the retail space and everything, but everything else is highly socialized because that shouldn't be a burden on the people. That should not be something that the people should have to, you know deal with like i like think about like the nordic countries how they're always some of the happiest it's because they do both they're not fully anti-capitalism they're businesses but the big things that should not be on people
1: aren't so or the things that your your stationary families and farming communities used to have have mm-hmm. been transplanted into different forms. So in the Scandinavian Absolutely. countries, you have uh, paid health care, you have paid mm-hmm. um, family maternal and paternal leave, you have mm-hmm. child care up to a certain age, you have mm-hmm. free schools, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, and I'm not saying free health care is great in every country because, yes, I know how horribly run the NHS is. I was asked to much say, in Canada and yeah. the, I know from working for a medical company that um, Medicaid is real interesting when you live in a co- or in a um, a state that refuses to, quote unquote, take a handout when it's not a handout. It's just ensuring that your poorest people actually are able to receive some sort of health care and not just die in the street. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things that I think is most important to really discuss is <clears throat>
0: that all of these things failed because of people capitalism as an idea is exactly what Tory said it's neutral it is not good or evil humanity made it evil communism on paper is not good or evil it is ideologically pure humans with human interests made it evil you can say the same thing about religion ideologically mm-hmm. The Bible is pure, unless you're reading the Filthy King James Version, which exists because uh, a guy wanted to be gay. My lights turned off dramatically. Please forgive me. Hold on.
1: <laughs> I saw that and I was like, da-na-na. Oh, wow, now they're all <laughs> off. Hold on. I don't think uh, that went the way you were hoping. No, we're good.
0: My uh, power strip decided that it wanted to uh, not
1: work. We're back. So for a minute there, it looked like Amanda was about to have a crazy light switch rave, and I was here for it.
0: I almost did, but no. My uh, my very expensive gamer chair kicked over my uh, power strip. So I was plunged into darkness, just like my heart. Can't
1: really see it with mine, um, but I have one of those rainbow strip things on my window now. Yeah. Because I needed to have some sort of something to look at and be delighted by throughout the day. Mood. But, um... You know, it, it the idea that some
0: animals are more equal than others, we see that a lot in uh, social spaces. Right now, we're approaching on pride, which is a great time where all of the gays come together, and some have decided that some queer people are less queer than others. <laughs> you know, sometimes the feminists get together, and some feminists have decided that some women are less women than others. Um... <laughs> We don't and support TERFs here, obviously. Yeah, we're, we're a very anti turf podcast. If that's not obvious, um, I, I don't know what to tell you. But, like, that's what humans do. That's what people do. Is that, ideologically, there are so many great studies about, like, in-group, out-group, and how much of this is, like, hardwired into our brains because of evolution. There are some great studies in um, in and around. So, like, they'll study children ethically because there have been some unethical studies with children. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot R. of them. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, little Albert. Um, but there have been some amazing studies with children about like how early can you? How early is the idea of like God morality introduced? And you can introduce God morality, like higher being morality, to children really, really early. It's called uh, the Princess Angelica study if you ever want to read it. And it's basically, you know, researchers will set up, like, a like a chair in a room and they'll put, like, so they'll put a desirable object on it. It's a cupcake, it's a toy, it's something. And if you tell kids just, hey, go in this room, no one can see you, uh, don't touch that thing, they're probably going to touch it. They're kids, they're dumb. They're probably going to touch it. And if you don't say anything, they're still probably going to touch it. What they introduced was this doll, Uh, and they said, okay, and they'll put the doll on the chair with the desirable object, and they'll say, okay, this is Princess Angelica, she can see you if you touch it. Suddenly, the kids are five feet away from that chair. They don't want to talk about the chair, the chair doesn't exist, they're staring longingly at the desirable object, but they're not touching it. And then a step further is, they said, okay, Princess Angelica isn't here, but she can see you, she can sense you and she'll know if you touch it. Shocker, kids at a very, very early age still felt that pressure and didn't touch the object. So a lot of what is going on in our brains is hardwired. It isn't tabula rasa, we are not blank slates. A lot of it is hardwired because of evolution, because of societal structure, because of epigenetics. Uh, This is the Amanda has big ideas podcast apparently. (laughs) This is what happens when we record at night. Amanda has big ideas.
1: If we record at night, it's to, and it's still early enough, and neither of us are drinking.
0: Okay, yeah. So
1: this is so really,
0: this is when we should be recording the podcast. Is when Amanda, high on uh, thoughts of grandeur, apparently has the answers to solve humanity's problems with the thanks of a tall boy of sprite. Um,
1: it's a tall boy
0: of sprite. It is what else is this oh no i just love that that's what that is it's a tall boy of sprite (laughs) um but yeah like we see this everywhere um yeah like i said like pride's coming up and it's amazing there's been a whole movement to remove trans people from pride it's wrong but there's
1: been people who are like oh it's just lgb now Did you see the whole Dodgers thing? Oh, I don't fuck with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Okay, so for those of you who who don't follow Drag or the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they are a group of um, wonderful, wonderful queers who have come together and taken a lot of Catholic iconography and took care of a bunch of people who were suffering from AIDS in the 90s. They speak out on gay issues. They're notorious in San Francisco in all the best ways. Yeah. And they were going to be honored as part of the LGBT Pride Day at uh Dodger Stadium. Now keep in mind the Dodgers want to make a shit ton of money. It's they're not doing this because yeah, they they're not want doing this for they're, positive they're not so. doing this. Yeah. It's not out of the kindness of their heart. They want yeah. your they want your, your pride money. They want your your yeah. your queer money. That's what they want. they were, we're going to um, get <clears throat> So Marco Rubio, a bunch of other Christian white nationalists make a whole statement and stink about, oh, well, you know, they're very controversial and they should be removed. So mm-hmm. the Dodgers say, okay, they take, we're no longer going to be supporting them. We're, we're just going to have our pride day. Mm-hmm. And now there is a whole conversation of whether or not the Dodgers should even be allowed to have a pride day. And <laughs> I kind of concurred that they should not be allowed to. Like you just showed your entire ass to the country. Well- now- Here's the thing, though. Yeah. We are in a current state where it is very, very popular to hate the LGBT community. And it, it is, is very popular to hate trans people. It is. And it just fucking blows my mind because we haven't learned a goddamn thing, you guys. Not anything. You didn't learn anything from no. the Jews. You didn't learn anything from the Roma. You didn't learn anything from the people that you have murdered. Tori, can you take a break? <laughs> no, just <laughs> I don't want to see thousands of more people die because people are stupid and don't bother to get to know somebody. I know. Let's take a
0: break. We're going to take a break. I'm good.